Welcome in everyone, I'm Kyle, he's Derek, and this is the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast. Hosted by two amazing, awesome, talented, smelly, and very Wait, humble, what? might I mention, <laughs> youth pastors who have no idea what they're doing. Oh, it's true. Derek, it's good to be here. Episode four, we are rising up in the world. Did you ever think we would make it this far? No. <laughs> I also didn't anticipate that more people other than our wives and our mothers would be listening but it's true we've had we've had a great response so far we really appreciate uh everybody reaching out uh sending us a few emails at how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com uh if you have any thoughts comments questions uh things that you'd like us to dive into we would love to hear from you uh we'll have to get some listener questions in here uh, in the next few episodes but for today derek my burning question that i'd love to know the answer to what is your favorite youth event that you do throughout the year? This is a tricky question for me because it's changed this year, actually. Um, is it because you found something new that you really like or because yes. there was an event that now you absolutely despise? Le- le- well, I guess it's more so the new thing. What do you classify as a youth event? Because that is a very important stipulation here. I is that, like, is, know. that, is that like an internal event or like just in general youth event? I'm going to say in general youth event just because I okay. don't know how to answer your okay. question. That's, that, that's a fair thing. So what I was going to say is we went on our first ever mission trip with our students this year. And, dude, it was, like, the most amazing experience, like, of all time. Like, I, I've been doing youth ministry for four years now. And, like, I would easily say that was the most effective, fun, and enjoyable event I've ever done. And so, like, if you if you count mission trips, like, that would definitely be the top for me. But if you don't count mission trips, because I know it's not technically, like, an event, um, we also are a huge camp people. We love youth camp at Lake Geneva. It's a blast. It's about time you got on the mission trip campaign. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been a while. It's been a long time coming. It is. It, honestly, yeah. Mission trips for me... Uh, I, I love the mission teams that, that we do. We've sent, I, so I've been here five years now. We've sent out six teams uh, from our youth ministry. That's it. And I, well, it would have been eight if we didn't lose a year because of COVID. Excuses. Just in my defense. But uh, no, it's been, it's been a blast. I love, uh, you know, getting to uh, just partner with, with missionaries or different people around the world and just serve them. Uh, we've got, we'll do, I keep teasing it. We'll do a, an episode here on mission teams at some point, which will yep. probably be about two and a half hours. At uh, least. But, <laughs> but we, you know, for us, for mission teams, like you said, the impact that our students make in the lives of other people combined with the impact that God makes in our students uh, it's absolutely unrivaled yep. uh, it, w- in any other event, any other thing that we do in ministry. Uh, you know, there's something about having 200 straight hours with a kid on a, yeah. on a mission team or, or 150 or however long it is uh, for, for the distractions to be put aside and just for them to focus on God. That makes a, make it a huge, huge difference. So that'd be mine uh, for sure. Love, absolutely love mission teams. They're my favorite. But today... Uh, we'll do the mission episode maybe next. It's probably going to be a series. Point. You know what I mean? Part it, one, it, it, part it's, two. It's going to be because there's so much to it. There's the planning side of it. There's the impact side of it. Like True. We, we could talk about mission trips for absolutely a long time, but we're that's not, not what we're here to talk about. Today, no, no, Kyle. we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about personal and professional development. 
All right. Dun, and dun, dun. it is it I believe it is important that that we should grow. But Derek, let me ask you this. Why should I seek to gr- then this is true if you are a student, if you are a parent, if you are a youth leader, youth worker. Honestly, I don't I don't really think there's an end to that list. No. If if you are a human being, <laughs> why should you seek to grow? For the record, I've been trying to grow for many years. Facial hair, height. <laughs> How's that I'll, working out for you? Not well. Not well at all. I can't grow a beard to save my life. It looks splotchy. I'm like four foot two. It's bad news. But no, um, why should you seek to grow? Um, I think a fair question is why should you not seek to grow? Which like I know. I, yeah, I know that's I, pretty much it. I, no matter what you're doing. You should be growing in it if you want to be successful. Right. I mean, Do you want to get matter. better? Yeah. And and so, but youth ministry context here for a second. Um, if you are not seeking to grow yourself, you're in essence saying, I'm not willing to want to see my ministry grow or my students grow. I mean, as a youth pastor, youth leader, whatever, you set the tone. You set the precedent. And so if you're not willing to grow yourself personally or professionally, like, you're in essence saying to your students, you can just be the same. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You, as a, as a youth leader, you are the capacity on, on the growth of your youth students. And so if, if you are not willing to, to grow and to raise that bar, then at some point they're going to plateau out. And that's the same to some extent as a parent as well. Uh, If you are, if you are a parent and you have kids to some extent, they're not going to be able to grow spiritually beyond where you're at until yeah. they start to make their faith their own. Uh, you know, as up until they're, you know, probably 13, 14 and beyond, the lid on their spiritual growth is going to be capped by your spiritual growth. Yeah. I think it's also really important to ask yourself why am I seeking growth and like, what am I seeking growth in? Cause I think those are two very valid questions. If you're looking to grow yourself so that you can kind of serve yourself in essence of like, I want to grow because I want to have a bigger stage, a bigger audience, a bigger influence. Like there's not, that's not an inherently bad desire, but at the same time, I think our, our intention for growth needs to be, I want to grow so that I can grow closer to Jesus, so I can honor him and serve him better. In my opinion, and I would love to talk about this with you, because this is not, none of this is really scripted, but to me, my heartbeat behind why I want to grow is to serve the Lord in a greater capacity than I'm currently doing, to, to know him better, to have that better intimacy with him, to be more effective and for what the kingdom is calling us to do, not so that I can look wiser have a better Instagram influence. Mm-hmm. Like that's not the heart of why, how, behind why I want to grow. I think those are okay things to seek after. But if your intention is to serve yourself rather than honor and glorify the Lord, I think it is a bad form of yeah, growth. Yeah, you're going to be in trouble for sure. And I, a, wi- a wise person once told me that the closer you get to God, the bigger he gets. Sure. And, and I think that, that when you are facing God you know, the, the growth that you have is, is you have God in mind, you know, you're looking at, I want, I want to grow more so that I, 
know God better, like you said. When when your back is to God and you've got ulterior motives, that's when you start to get in trouble. Yep. For sure. For sure. And I think that, so, <laughs> I, this isn't in my notes either, but I'm going to ask you a question, and I trust that you're going to pick up what Whenever we get off notes, it's always, it's always scary here. That's true. Derek, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to do this, but this is going to be great. Our listeners are probably going to stop listening. I'm terrified. This. I'm going to quote somebody, and I need you to identify them, okay? Because it's Dwight Schrute. It's, it's no, it's not Dwight Schrute. That's a good guess. It's the it's the person with the largest biceps ever. Is that the quote? No, but that's who it is. is the, they're they're a pastor and they have the largest biceps ever. Jono? No, not Jono. <laughs> Somebody our listeners would know. Um. Oh, Craig Rochelle. Craig Rochelle. Thank you so much. Oh man. You're going to give me the quote, or are we just going to talk well, yeah, about no. Craig Groeschel's biceps? We could talk about Craig Groeschel's biceps. That's another episode. But he, uh, if you have never listened to Craig Groeschel's podcast, uh, his leadership podcast, you need to do it. But he had a quote, uh, you'll never be able to lead yourself as long as you lie to yourself. And wow. I think that that is where this personal and professional growth podcast needs to start. Uh, being able to be honest with yourself and identify hey, here is where I could grow or here is where I should grow. And, uh, you know, some of that starts with self-evaluation, uh, willing to look internally and say, uh, you know, hey, this this maybe isn't where I want it to be in my life. And that could be uh, something in your spiritual walk. That could be something in, in your parenting or in your relationship with your spouse. That could be something just in your friends, uh, at work, at school, endless categories yeah. that, that you could grow in. It could also be something that needs to happen as an evaluation process outside of yourself, going to some close trusted friends to say, Hey, what, how can I grow? Uh, you know, every, every year, once or twice a year, I will send out a survey to my youth leaders and say, Hey, uh, you know, some of it is youth ministry related. Some of it is like, Hey, are you, are you happy where you're serving? How can I serve you better? You know, what do you see in our youth ministry and what do you see in me as a youth pastor that can get better and that can grow? And that's a valuable part of identifying where to start. Because if you just say, I'm going to grow in everything starting right now, you're probably not going to grow at all. Correct. And I think it's one of those deals where I like that approach as well, because you're going to have people that are going to give you unsolicited ideas. Mm-hmm. And things that might not be indicative of what's actually it's it's their preference. It's what they want to serve themselves. And so sometimes they'll give you feedback that like, hey, we need to grow this. We need to do this. And like sometimes that can be more damaging than anything else. And so also just being very intentional about who you're choosing to listen to. And when it comes to that evaluation process, being aware of who is speaking into your life. Right. What you need to solidify your vision before you, you know, really start to learn. And, and I know that that seems backwards, but I'm not saying that you need to come up with your vision and then that is literally never allowed to change. But you have to have somewhat of an idea of, of where you want to go before you start walking there. You yeah. don't have to have the exact destination in mind, but you have to have an idea of where you want to go. And just as an example, like if you are a parent, what values do I want to instill 
in my kids. You do not have to have every single value you want to instill in them written down, all fleshed out by the time they are born. But having an idea, hey, honesty is really important for me to instill in my kid and teach them to be honest above all else. Uh, as a ministry leader, you know, if you don't have a solid vision, your ministry is just going to chase after yep. the last book that you read until you finish the next book that you're reading, and then you're going to chase after that. If you've got a solid vision, a solid direction that you want to go, then you know if I read a book, I can take that book, filter it through what I'm doing and where I want to go, and then say, yeah, these are some things from this book that I really think that we can put into practice here in our youth ministry because it aligns with the vision that that. I have and that God has for our youth ministry. Which in turn goes back to that importance of seeking to grow with the Lord. Right. Because if you are just manifesting a vision out of what you think sounds good versus taking some intentional time to spend time with God to really hear from him and just really seek what he wants to do in and through you. Because the reality is if we took your vision for 2-9 Youth and put it up next to mine at the Bridge Youth, they would look different. Right. And that's because we both feel like God has spoken different visions over our ministries for a reason. And so it's one of those deals where, to Kyle's point, you need to have that vision before. And even before you have that vision, you need to have that time set aside with God to really mm-hmm. let him speak over your ministry, yeah. speak over your vision, speak over even even parenting. It's one of those deals of, you know, even if you already have kids and you're going, well, I should probably have a vision for my family now mm-hmm. that they're 14, 10, and 9 or whatever it is. It's never too late to start. You spend time with God. You say, God, what is it? Like, give me some vision for my family. Give me some dreams for my family. Give me some direction. I want my family to grow closer to you, God. What What is it that you have for us? Starting there, I think, is such a foundational step because from there, you can be so much more intentional and selective about how you are going to accomplish that vision or yep. that goal. And students, when we talk about having vision for your life, that is not what are you, what job are you going to have for the rest of your life? Correct. Uh, you know, you're going to get enough of that, <laughs> you know, throughout your late teens, early twenties. Uh, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do? All of that stuff. You got plenty of time for that. I'm talking about what are you passionate about? Yeah. What gifts has God given you? What passions has He instilled in your heart? And how can you use those to serve him and to serve the kingdom of God? And then just pursue that. Yeah. You know, if if you're passionate about something, go after that, pursue that. All of the other stuff will figure itself out. Yep. But start there and and be passionate about that. Derek, before we go continue here, uh, I want a quick pause while we're kind of talking about vision here. Can you give me like 30 seconds? We've talked about our youth ministry, our respective youth ministries with the Bridge Youth and 2-9 Youth. Give me just a little bit of why do you guys call yourselves the Bridge Youth and and like a elevator pitch for the vision for your youth ministry. Way to put me on the spot here, I Ross. Know. This is this is nice. Well, unlike Kyle's name, my name we I'm from the Bridge Church. The Bridge Youth is just a, you know, a, a segment of our church, but um, the if you, if you're around us for any amount of time, you will hear the three Bs: belong, believe, become. And the whole premise is you belong in our youth ministry before you believe. We have kids in there who are um, atheistic. We have kids who are agnostic. Which, if you're not familiar with those words, means 
you're anti-God and indifferent in in essence. But then we have kids who grew up in the church, who didn't grow up in the church, who are struggling with sexual identity, you know, personal identity, whatever. But the whole premise is like, regardless of where you're at in life, you belong in our ministry. Mm-hmm. But we also believe that Jesus has some great things for you. And so we're going to talk about Jesus. And then from there, once we find that belief in Jesus, we're going to become the person that he's created us to be. And so it's kind of a, th- a three-step process there. Um, but the whole vision that we have is we want to reach kids for Christ and we really want them to not just come and be a church attender for the rest of their life, but to really train them up and to have them become that person who's going to go into their workplace, into their church, into their community, into their families in the near future and really serve God and go after those that don't yet know him. Yeah. I love that. It's a progression. You know, yeah. you, you, you belong first yep and then believe and then become and some kids do that faster than others but yeah yeah and as we'll see with with growth and i think we're going to unpack this in a little bit is um growth is not a destination it's not a it's not a step-by-step process it's a i'm growing in this area which means i'm improving Mm -hmm. and i'm having fallbacks i'm improving and i'm making mistakes i am doing this that's not working anymore so but we're still elevating towards that one goal that you talked about and so you know really that that is the heartbeat behind our ministry is we have the understanding that students you're not going to be perfect you are dealing with crazy hormones you are dealing with friend changes you are dealing with academic changes your family life is always fluid our whole thing is we know and expect you to make mistakes, and that's okay. We just want you to understand that, one, Jesus paid the price for you. So, like, see, you know, stick to him no matter what. But then at the same time, like, understand that even as pastors sitting in a room recording a podcast, we're seeking growth too mm-hmm. at the expense of making mistakes and knowing what doesn't work and failing God in a lot of ways. And so kind of setting that tone for our students. But that's about me, Kyle. I I know so many of our listeners who don't know you. They hear two nine youth and they're like, "What?" They're, everybody the heck does is that mean? so confused when they hear it that a lot of them, some of them, see if we just have the numbers, they think it's twenty nine youth, and I get personally offended. Of course, uh, no, I don't. But uh, yeah, so real quick, uh, Riverdale Church is the name of the church that we're at, um, and and our youth ministry is called Two Nine Youth. Uh, that name comes from. Just the idea that you know the early church described in the book of Acts is is so pure, and it's just dis- like the early Christians being church t- together, right? They are uh, in fellowship together, they're studying the word together, uh, but then they're also going out on mission together, evangelizing together, and and it's just a really cool uh, picture of what the church can be yeah. uh, when our stupid humanity doesn't get in the way, and. There's 28 chapters throughout the book of Acts that describe this early church and and its function and its fellowship and its mission and its unity. And we as the church today, and more specifically, we as a student ministry, are the next chapter Mm. of of that story told in the book of Acts. And so that's where, you know, there's 28 chapters, we're that next one. And so, and two nine youth has a better ring to it than 29 youth. And so that's that's where two nine youth came from. Uh, And we... You know, I we did go back and forth on you know is it important that we are you know Riverdale youth uh, because we don't want to alienate ourselves or silo ourselves off as the youth ministry at this church. We want to like we are a part of the church as a whole, and that's important to us. And where we landed was you know our students by that by this time had gravitated 
toward 2-9-Youth and had really latched on to that name and the meaning behind it, and they really liked it, and so we didn't want to take that away. But we wanted to make sure that our values as a youth ministry lined up with Riverdale churches. And so I, if, if my senior pastor listens to this, I'm going to get bonus points for this because our mission statement, our values and our vision at Riverdale church is to help people develop deeper relationships with God, each other and the world through gatherings, groups, and generosities. Boom. I should get a raise. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, we have, and so the, the three big ones in there is, you know, God, each other and the world. And so for our youth ministry, we just reword it. It, you know, our three pillars that we value are God, fellowship, and mission. God, yeah. each other, in the world. It's the same thing. We just word it differently. And so, you know, everything that we do is going to b- come down to at least one of those three values. You know, God is in pretty much everything that we do, I hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of what we do is geared toward fellowship and building relationships e- with each other. And then mission, obviously, you know, I just said mission teams are one of my favorite things. Uh, there's a lot that we do that is missions oriented and, and that's, you know, that outreach piece that outside of ourselves piece is really, really important. Yeah. And I, I want to just sit here. You're, you're not going to like that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm you just, gotta I'm, be kidding I'm me. Gonna, I'm going to brag on Kyle for a second because the reality is if you go to any organization, any church for that matter, odds are they're going to have a vision statement. They're going to have a mission statement. Like, like it's almost like par for the course. Any organization is going to have that. But when you when you really take that time, as Kyle said many minutes ago, have that vision, stick to it, and go back to that and grow in that. Like that, he that is something he lives. And so when I when I even I didn't know those were your three, but I think what's so cool is when you unpack that, I see that love for the Lord so much evident in you personally and in your ministry. The fellowship piece, I think of like you do creative things like you have like a spring formal or something here at mm-hmm. your church. Like you have so many unique events that I think are so cool. And then the missions, like you you are leading the way in Minnesota for like students going on mission trips. Like like it's getting like everybody's noticing that, you know, and that's not again, that's not Kyle Besh is the best youth pastor ever. It's he's on mission to do the vision that God's called him to do. And so when you when it comes down to to growth and especially for those who are aspiring to be in youth ministry or maybe are younger in youth ministry like Kyle and I yes we are younger um <laughs> it's one of those deals where i think it is so vital that you take that time to really hear from the lord and really hear that vision because when that happens god's going to bless that god's going to move in that area i think for you to have that heart for missions is so cool to see how God's blessed that and how God's used that passion of yours to make an impact in the world and students. And so, you know, like when it comes to growth, just, I think we're, I don't want to belabor this point anymore, but do not, do not, do not, do not, do not, do not forsake that time with the Lord for, for like your desire for growth. Like don't, don't forsake spending quality time with God. Not even just saying, okay, God, I'm going to read as much as I can and I'm going to listen as much. Like just sitting at, like I think of Mary and Martha in the Bible. Yeah. Martha was so busy trying to do things, trying to, in this area, trying to grow and trying to do all this stuff for God. And Mary was just sitting there at his feet like, all right, Lord, whatever you want to speak, I'm here to listen. It's funny you say that because I actually had a set number of of books that I had in my goals to read this year. Yeah. And I ditched it because 
I, I hit a point over the summer where I realized that I was sacrificing the amount of time that I could just spend in the word in, yeah. you know, devotional time yeah. in order to try and power through the amount of books that I wanted to read this year. And that yeah. was a problem. And, you know, I can, until I, you know, figure out a different way to, to make a number of books happen that I want to, I need to make sure that, you know, my time with the Lord is, is coming first. And that's, you know, that's, that's growth Avenue number one. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it it's not, it's not a mutually exclusive thing. It's not like you need to spend time with God or seek growth. It's a both. And I think our, our point is like, you need to have that foundation of, of time with God, because here's, yep. here's the thing that I want to touch on with growth. I've wrestled with this for a while. Sometimes in our desire to grow, we can just completely beat ourselves into the ground and just rob ourselves of the identity that God has for us. Like, because we are so, the whole purpose of growth really, right, is like focusing on the things that maybe you're not as strong in to make them stronger, mm-hmm. to make yourself better. That That is the intent of growth is you are trying to get better at something or better yourself. But if you are constantly trying to grow, you're not leaving any room for God to speak over you, your identity of you are chosen, you are called, you are equipped, you are empowered. Like if you're not, if you're not being rooted in God and, and understanding those things, you're gonna you're gonna just burn yourself out because you're gonna always try to be growing. And you, but at the same time, you're gonna have no positive self talk over yourself that like I just suck at everything. Like I'm never gonna reach this point. Um, so. Uh, it, it is a both and it is a I need to spend time with God and I need to grow through other mediums. And so yep. let, let's unpack that of like you're in that spot. Yes, you have a good solid devotional life. You're awesome. You're good there. But like now you're going, OK, I want to be a better parent. I want to see this area in my youth ministry. I want to whatever it is. I mean, it's even though our listeners are going, this is the area I want to grow in. Where do you start with that? That's a great question, Derek. I would start in a number of different places. One of them is, like, honestly, there are so many podcasts out there. If you like to listen to audio and and learn that way, there's so many podcasts out there. And the great part about it is y'all already figured this out. Uh, There's a really cool podcast. It's newer. It's called How Not to Be a Youth Pastor. Hosted by two good youth pastors, I heard. I'd highly recommend it. It's really, really good. Uh, but there's so many, I mean, I should pull up my, my Spotify here. Cause there's a lot of different podcasts that I love to listen to. Um, you know, some that, that we can give shout outs to, uh, <laughs> I should probably skip past the fantasy football ones. No, you should definitely um, mention those ones, but, uh, windows into the Bible by Mark Turnage, phenomenal, uh, phenomenal podcast. Uh, you know, rethinking youth ministry is a good one. I mentioned Craig Groeschel's leadership podcast earlier. John Maxwell has a leadership podcast. Um, but the great thing about podcasts and the great thing about learning in general is we're not specifically talking youth ministry here, Correct. right? There's a lot of different ways. There's a podcast called how to money that my wife and I listen to all the time. Phenomenal podcast has nothing to do with our faith or with Christianity, but it's, you know, financially, we, we value uh, financial competency. And so for us, the How to Money podcast is a great one. Stuff You Should Know is another one that we love listening to because they they have episodes on so many random things. 
Uh, but it's so fun to just, mm-hmm. you know, long car rides or whatever it is. It's so fun to learn. And that's what I was going to say about podcasts. Um, cause we're gonna talk about books here in a second. And I just need to like be completely honest and vulnerable. I read books a lot slower than you do. Like you talk about, you want to read a set amount of books for the year. Like I didn't stri- say it wasn't more than two. Oh, that's true. Straight up though. Like if I, if I get a couple of books completed in a year, it's a good year for me. And like, and like here, here's why, um, right now, you know, ministry contrary to popular belief is not a Wednesday and Sunday night job. We that's, pull That's it. That's all we work. We we pull like straight up 40, 50, 60 hours in a week and that's not that's not unheard. I mean 40 hours, yes. Like that people are like you should work 40 hours your full time. But like <laughs> like I can't remember the last time I worked a 40 hour week and like it it's it's been weird hours and such, but like on top of that, you know, I get home at 5 o'clock and there's there's dinner to be made stuff to be put away I've got two kids I've got a dog to train and so the reality is by the time I can sit down in the evening to read it's eight o'clock at night and I have not spent any time with my wife yet mm-hmm. and so like books are just tough for me like I still think that they're valuable I still carve out time instead of just sitting on the couch and playing video games or watching Netflix late at night I, I, I dive into books occasionally and not occasionally a couple days a week but um, back to podcast. This is the whole purpose of, of my comment, not to just to belabor my, uh, <laughs> my life, but here's why I love podcasts because you can listen to them when you're doing other things. Like I, I have a 25 minute commute from my house to church, Yep. obviously there and back that's 50 minutes of time that I'm doing nothing else. And so I love to listen to podcasts during that time. I'm always driving, all over just for for errands and and for meetings and all that other thing so i'm always listening to podcasts when i'm mowing the lawn same thing Um, i can listen to podcasts and be taking in content of time that's already being built into my schedule that i can choose to instead of just listening to music or or tuning out which there's there's merits to that too but when you're looking for growth and you go i don't have time podcasts are such a good segue into that because it's so easy just to to pop in air you know headphones or airpods whatever it is and just really tune into something that's wholesome and good absolutely so podcasts is a great one uh as derek mentioned books is, is another great one uh and again whether it's leadership spiritual development parenting uh there are so many great options out there uh, the one thing with with both podcasts and books, the one thing that I do want to mention, and we kind of touched on this earlier, but when it comes to spiritual development, you know, don't seek books and podcasts for your spiritual development above the Bible. Uh, yep. They are great complements, but you know, the the Bible has to come first. And so, uh, just to get, again to give you guys some resources. Uh, you know, some of the books that I have read recently that I just absolutely loved, um, Hero Maker by Dave Ferguson, When to Walk Away by Gary Thomas. Uh, some of these, again, have nothing to do with youth ministry or, or faith at all, but The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. Phenomenal book. It's about like, it's basically about hosting dinner parties. Nice. Uh, you know, there, it's a lot more applicable than that, but Great, great book. The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. Uh, the Ride of a Lifetime by Robert Iger. He's the CEO of Disney nice. and, and basically just wrote an autobiography. Great book. I loved it. <laughs> the nice part about where we're at in this world today, too, is there are a lot of times you'll find books that are complemented by a podcast. 
um, and not always, but uh, I'm I'm currently going through a book right now uh, by Chris Hodges, uh, and it's called Out of the Cave. It's all about um, mental health and depression and anxiety, both from uh, if you're in this, here's how to get out, and like as pastors, how do we handle this? It's a really good book, but at the same time, he also uh, preaches sermon series about it as well. And mm-hmm. so it was really cool to kind of, as I'm reading through it, there are things he didn't touch on in the book that he mentioned in his message and then vice versa. And so, you know, you, you can pair stuff together like that, but as Kyle mentioned, um, you know, it doesn't have to just be a strictly Christian book. Like it's, it's one of those deals. If you want to grow in an area, sometimes like I'm going to get shunned for this, but there are a lot of good other secular books about secular topics that are very good. I mean, I'm guessing How to Money is not necessarily an inherently Christian-based podcast that you were talking about. It's like, definitely not. And actually, to go one step beyond that, uh, I believe it's the uh, Stuff You Should Know podcast that, like, one of the guy like, there are times where Christianity comes up on that podcast, and my wife and I are sitting there, like, kind of shaking our heads because we're like, oh, you are so not representing this correctly. Sure. But that doesn't mean that we have to just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yep. Like there are a lot of great things that we can learn in that podcast, and it's entertaining. It's okay that you know you can take in media sources that are not one hundred percent purely Christian, especially if you you know have the maturity of you know I've got an internal filter. Like, yep, I know that was wrong. I don't have to take everything they say as absolute one hundred percent truth. Here's an, an an inception thought for you. Well, this should be good. It's amazing how you grow in how you grow. It, like, my point is like I, know, I wish you guys could see my face yeah, right now. It, it, it literally trying to connect the dots. He, here's my point. Like when you are first seeking to grow yourself in whatever area it is, I think you naturally just grab the first book, the first podcast, the first approach to it that you possibly can and go i want to grow here's how i'm going to do it as you go along as you make growth a priority in your life you start to understand what works for you and what doesn't work for you yep and what resources are good and what resources are bad and how to know when to stop reading one or stop digging into one versus how to keep persisting through one and so that's what i mean about like um it doesn't have to I'm not saying just go read any book ever. That's, I don't think that's a good approach. But my point is it's okay to explore beyond the void of mm-hmm. is this a Christian author? Is this a pastor who's writing this? Like There are a lot of very intelligent people who have a lot of good things to say that are relevant to our lives, even in Christ, if, even if Christ is not a focal point of that book. Um, you know, it's like, like I think of – I'm going to pick on finances again. You know, if, if there's a really good, wise financial person who doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, it doesn't disqualify all the good practices they have about how you manage right. your money. You just add tithing into what they say, and you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it's th- there are just so many good books. And, you know, it's one of those deals, if you are, you know, in a certain spot of life and you are, are looking for recommendations for books, one, Google some. I mean, yep. there, there's, there's a lot of good things out there. Um, ask Kyle and I, you can, you know, email us at how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com or reach out to us personally. We probably have a lot of good resources that we've come across. And, um, even if nothing else, what I love to do is I love to follow people who I know read a lot because a lot of times they will share what they're reading and what they thought about. That is true. 
and that's really good too. But yeah, I have a I have a Google Doc of 136 on here books that that I would recommend. And so if you've got a category you want to learn in, let us know. I'd love to recommend a book to you. Real quick, those books that I mentioned too. Uh you know, Hero Maker by Dave Ferguson is about discipleship and leadership and, and mentoring other people, which coincidentally we'll get to here in a second. Uh, when to Walk Away by Gary Thomas is actually going to come in nicely when we do one of our upcoming podcast episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that book is basically about saying no and, and being willing to walk away <laughs> to, uh, from from some different things. Uh, I mentioned The Art of Gathering, The Go-Giver, uh, is about uh, having a giving mindset and giving mentality and uh, and not being selfish, which is helpful. Um, but so I mentioned mentorship being another great way uh, to grow. There's so many examples of mentorship uh, in the Bible. You look at Moses and his father-in-law Jethro. You look at Jesus and and his twelve disciples. Uh, you know Barnabas mentored Paul on their first two missionary journeys yep. together. And then Paul turned around and began mentoring Timothy. And I love that, uh, you know, that uh, perspective that, that Paul has on both sides of the coin. But f- uh, find somebody further along on the path that you want to be on and chase after them. If, if you value uh, something as a youth ministry, find, some, find another youth pastor who's better at it than you and ask them questions, take them out to lunch and just pick their brain. If you, uh, as a student, you know, there's, if you, if you're a freshman on the football team and there is a senior on the football team, you really look up to ask them questions. They, they were a freshman once they know what it's like to not to, to want to learn and not have all the answers. They'd love to answer your questions. Seek somebody out that you can, that has the the know-how and wants to pour into you and just ask away. Mentorship is a big one for me. I think where my lack of reading and I, I, I shouldn't keep underselling myself. I do read. <laughs> um, but like I, like I don't have a list of 136 books I want to read. Um, at some point I want to, but at the same time, mentors are a big one mm-hmm. for me just because there are so many people, um, that I'm selective about that I really admire that they are doing. And it's not just like they have a successful ministry. It's a, the way they are living their life is something I want to like not replicate, but follow. Like they're not just a successful youth pastor. They are a fantastic husband and a great dad. They are a, they, they are so committed and devoted to the relationship with Jesus. And that is something I want to honor and respect. And so when it comes to mentorship, I think you have to, uh, have to understand a few things. One, it is, as Kyle said, a very biblical approach. And it's one of those deals where you need to seek it out. It's not one of those deals. Very few people are going to be like, Hey, I want to mentor you. You have to kind of take that first step and go, Hey, can I buy you lunch? Can I pick your brain? Mm. And, and I've honestly, I've been up front with people and they, there are people, I, I, I shout out my former youth pastor, his name is Kyle. I'm not the Kyle across from me, but yeah, Kyle I'm, not, Kern, I'm not as cool, but yeah, whatever. It, it's fine. It's fine. You'll get there eventually, right? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but no, Kyle Curran, um, what's so fun about him is because he's been my mentor for the last 
man, we're getting old, Kyle. I was in high school and he You're first started old. to mentor me. Like we're going on eight years. What's been so fun is, you know, I've been able to really say, how did you handle this when I was in high school? And so now fast forward eight years, going from a high school student who's looking at a career in the medical field to now having two kids and being married and leading a ministry and doing all these other things, he's still been able to pour into my life for those eight years, just in very different ways. And so, um, and it's one of those deals where the cool thing about a mentor is it's not just, it's not just a exchange of knowledge. It is that relationship and intimacy to kind of empower you to grow. Mm. It's not just a, Hey, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. It's a, Hey dude, you're so good at this. Like just lean into this or just do this. Like I have never walked away from a conversation with Kyle and not felt so like inspired and just overall good because he really was so good about empowering me to not just go and do what he's calling me to do, but like you can do this and kind of giving that encouragement along with it. Yeah. Which is, I think it just is so valuable. And the cool thing about mentorship is with how God has it, it always comes back around. Like the odds are like another cool thing that I'll share is uh, there was a thing, um, a part of our marriage that my wife and I struggle with when we first got married. Just the reality is marriage is not perfect. I know you and Michaela have a perfect marriage and it's all good. Mm. And <laughs> No, but like uh, when we first got married, there was something that was just constantly um, like a battle between Meg and I and not a battle of like inherent sin, just something that we both wrestled with. Two, two people that come from different contexts trying to figure out how to live together. Yeah, it, it's 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 a beautiful process, but one with growing pains. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is one of those deals. And we wrestled with it for a while. I mean, we're talking two or, the first two or three years of our marriage, we wrestled with it. And now we're at a spot of, like, it, it still is a conversation piece, but it's not like a defining characteristic mm-hmm. of who we are. We, we've overcome it. We've grown through it, all that good stuff. But what's so cool is how God has it is right now we're going through premarital counseling with some some people right now and they're going through the same thing yeah and so it's just so cool like my wife looked at me almost with tears in her eyes after we got done with our last premarital session and she goes like that was like the most full circle thing i've ever been a part of just to see how like this was a huge thing that she struggled with for so long to now like i got to pour into and encourage Mm -hmm. somebody else through it and like that is it's such a powerful thing to go like one that reaffirms that in me but two i get to help other people yeah, absolutely. So real quick, Derek, yes or no question. You ready for this? This is another quiz for you. Yes or no. I get to How choose. long should I learn for? Like, am I ever done? No. Okay. Well, I tried. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, honestly, it is. It, you should never be done uh, learning. And we look at this, uh, you know, Barnabas and Paul. You know, Paul learned from Barnabas. Now Paul got to turn around and pour into Timothy. And the verse that I love coming back to is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. When, he, when Paul is talking to Timothy and Paul says, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. He's teaching Timothy, you, you heard from me, you, you learned from me, you saw me do. Now you go and teach others who are have a high enough capacity that they can in turn again turn around and teach others. You know, it's it's this uh, family tree almost of passing along knowledge and wealth and 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 just wealth of information. Uh, and and 
you cannot continually do that if you are not continually learning. The more that you learn, the more you can turn around and bless somebody else, whether it's you know marriage counseling where you had an experience and you walked through it, and now you can firsthand experience tell somebody, hey, this is what this is what happened for us, and this is you know some of the tools and the, that we use to walk through it. That's a beautiful process, and you don't get there if you don't learn and you don't grow through your own experiences. Here's what's crazy is your your desire to learn and grow is not just for you. And if you flip that around, your unwillingness to learn or grow is not just impacting you. What I mean by that is if you think about let's say Kyle that that you have you've you have people in your life that you've looked up to that have mentored you that have done some really cool things in your life and spoken into your life. Mhm. And I would venture a strong guess and be very confident in the fact that there are kids now or students now that you have passed that on to in some form or capacity or you're still doing it now. What's crazy is that student is going to hopefully one day pass it on to another person and another person and another person. And so when you when you think about learning and growing, you have to understand it's not just you're growing for yourself. It's what am I taking in that is inevitably going to impact somebody else's life, which is in turn going to impact somebody else's life, which is in turn going to impact somebody else's life. Right. And you never know when that chain is going to start. It could be the smallest comment you have ever made in your life. That you don't even remember. Right. That turns around and and has a great impact for generations. Yeah. And I I think it's just, it's, to me, that says like every single day we have on this earth is valuable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. I love how the Bible talks about how like teach us to number our days. Like, if you're in a season right now, or if you feel like insignificant, or you feel like you're not growing, you just feel like you're in a rut. The beautiful news is it's never too late to start. When it talks about growth, we're always growing. It it doesn't matter where we're at. We're even grow, learning how to grow in our current season, in our current state. And so uh, the last piece I kind of want to just leave with everybody on my side of the fence is it's okay to not be content with where you're at, and it's okay to want to grow, but also it's okay to seek something that's bigger than yourself. And what I mean by that is we all want to grow. I think, I think that I don't know of many people who are just like so content and so set in their ways of like, no, like we all want to grow even if we don't admit it. But I think some people are scared to grow because they're scared of what that's going to bring them to later Mm -hmm. on in life. And I would just sit here and go, growth is not the pursuit of perfection. Growth is the pursuit of bettering yourself. Yeah. There's going to be failure along the way and, and that's okay. You know, we like I coach football and I tell our football players all the time, we it's I'm okay if you make mistakes, but I want you to make them fast. Yep. If if you are just gonna sit back and and you know passively let everything come to you, then the mistake is probably gonna be <laughs> even worse on yep. a football field. Yep. Yeah. And so like I know we have some people who are in very different spots. Some people are like so hungry and so full of growth that they are sitting at their desk or at school right now. Um, with, with a pile of books and they're always taking in content. Then we have other people who are like, I'm just living, man. I just, I don't even have time to, to do a podcast or to do a book or to meet with somebody because I'm so busy with that. And 
it's such a different dynamic, but at the same time, it's so important to still want to grow in your relationship with Jesus and you're in the way you live. There's just so much value there. And it's, it's not what everybody else is doing. It's about what you can do in this moment, like what yep. you're able to do to grow. That is what's important. You don't look to the left and the right. It goes back to the comparison trap that we talked about last week. You don't need to worry about how many books somebody else is reading or how many podcasts that guy's learning or listening to. It's about what can I do right now to be a better version of myself. And that's what you got to focus on. Absolutely. I love it. Well, hey, that does it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. A reminder, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, so you get notified each week when a new episode drops. Like it, review it, all of that fancy stuff. Uh, And if you guys have anything that you want to reach out to us about, uh, how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. We'll get some listener questions in uh, here in the next couple episodes. But that's all for today. Derek and I, uh, we've got a fantasy football draft that we got to go finish up. Goodbye. Goodbye.